the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today's scripture reading calls us to turn our attention to a world in pain. Of course, it hardly seems necessary that we need a reminder of that these days. We are bombarded with images and sound bites of pain in our world nearly every time we turn on the TV or pick up our phones for that matter. Unless we deliberately wall ourselves off from information, we are exposed today to more instances of suffering than we ever have been before. We know about more than we can ever begin to process emotionally. We know about more than we can ever act upon. A two-minute scroll through our Facebook feed will tell us that the pandemic is the worst that it's ever been, that democracy in our nation is unraveling right before our eyes, and that yet another SEC football game has been canceled. There are also other causes of pain that are much more subtle. How many people do we know who are quietly struggling with depression or addiction or an abusive partner? There are so many things that can compete for our attention. I know that many of us feel compassion for so many of these tragedies, but I also find myself feeling a little guilty. I wonder which of these things I should care about more. Should I feel more deeply? Should I put more time and energy into charity work? How much is enough? These questions bother me. So when Matthew's gospel this morning tells us yet another angry Jesus story about what happens to some farm animals, I can be a little less than enthusiastic. Throughout the history of the Christian church, we have battled along denominational lines regarding nearly every aspect of what it means to be human and how we as humans interpret how it is that God is telling us to live our lives. Depending on where you grew up and who you went to church with, you might have been told that the unemployed should try harder that the young men in your neighborhood should pull their pants up, that the rich should be less greedy, that the poor should be more grateful, that the politicians should be more moral, and that addicts should just try a little harder. In other words, you might have been exposed to the idea of using Jesus as an excuse and as a justification for our own prejudices. Using the imagery of the parable this morning, there are those who are convinced they know exactly who is a sheep and who is a goat. But this is where this becomes very dangerous. Because each of these little prejudices that we have pinned on Jesus, for each one I know that there are good religious people who have used this reason to tell people that they are somehow outside the bounds of God's compassion. Now, to be clear, this is the good news. 
that Jesus Christ loves sinners. Jesus Christ loves sinners. And some of us hear this and we say, yes, but we pick our favorite symbol of goodness and we hold that above the cross of Christ. We tell people that surely God loves everybody, but we need to talk about standards. If you want to know that love, there are some things that you have to fix first. Get rid of that tattoo. Put on a dress. Don't wear a dress. Get the right haircut. Quit smoking. Forgive your abuser. Some religious people reject the message that God loves sinners and preach instead that there's something wrong with you that puts you outside of God's compassion. In the church world, we call this spiritual abuse. Someone is being spiritually abused when they are trained to think that God's invitation of love is extended to everyone except themselves. When people have suffered from spiritual abuse, those petty human judgments that hear begin to reverberate so loudly within their hearts. They, can either, they cannot hear either God's promises or even the real warnings of Scripture. You see, there actually is good news in this parable of judgment we hear this morning. And there's actually good news in Ezekiel's prophetic accusations. And this good news of Jesus will always overrule our human judgments. To be a sheep or a goat in this story is a moral distinction and not some anatomical one. God is a shepherd and is in the business of gathering sheep, not scattering them. This is Jesus' agenda, and this is also his warning. He is the good shepherd to the sheep. He gathers up the scattered sheep. He's looking for the least, the lost, and the left out. And he wants us to join him in this. That's why he invites Matthew's community to transfer their devotion to Jesus the King over to the hungry, to the imprisoned, the cold, and the sick. What you do for them, you do for me, he says. These are the very people that our society has determined to be unworthy of our love. And these are the very people who Jesus himself identifies with wholeheartedly and completely. When we look around at the scattered and the malnourished sheep, the hungry, the cold, the sick, the depressed, the mentally ill, the addicted, and we say, I just mind my own business and follow the rules, that's goat talk. If we look to people in need and say, God helps those who help themselves, we're sounding just like the goats. If we make it our concern that everybody should get exactly what they deserve and not one little bit more, we have accused ourselves 
and we have every reason to fear God's judgment. If we can pass these petty judgments upon others that, so that some of us can sit in church, listen to the scriptures, and say our prayers, and still worry that all this is for everybody except me, then we are goats, and we are not sheep. So what do we do about this? How will we be sheep and not goats? I want to be shaken out of making judgments like that. I want to be protected from other people who make those judgments too. We want to follow Jesus and gather instead of scatter. I think the Jesus we hear in this morning's gospel is calling us to something both easier and much more difficult than just giving out handouts. Jesus invites him to mimic him in offering solidarity to people that the world considers God-forsaken. Solidarity is a relationship in which we allow the concerns of others to touch our lives in an open-ended way. We offer much more than just passing handouts. It's easier because we know that we're not going to build relationships with every single person we encounter. But it can also be much harder because it means we have to get our hands dirty when we might just prefer to write a check. We sustain this open-ended solidarity through love, through our creative thinking, and through our prayers. We at St. John's do this together. We do this by welcoming people, whoever they are, and wherever they are in their spiritual journey. Some of us don't have families. Some of us have lost spouses or children. Some of us are struggling to find work. Some of us are struggling with addiction or depression. But everybody here needs to be listened to and cared for, and that's what we're here to do. We exhibit to our broken world what it means to love each other as God loves us, both in our words and in our actions. You see, we do these things because Jesus himself, Christ the King, has come alongside the very people that the world and even some Christians do not even bother to look at, much less to love. In this Jesus movement we find ourselves in, we repent of those kind of judgments so that we can find ourselves on the right side of God's judgment. And when Christ comes again, we want him to find us as his own sheep, alongside the least, the lost, and the left out.